0: This is Ayani. And this is Corinne. And you're listening to Sex, Love, Literature, a pop culture podcast. Uh, on this episode, we'll be
1: talking about The Great, uh, the Hulu original show. Um, it is a re- a very farcical retelling yeah. of Catherine the Great's rise to power. Uh, in its intro, it says it's an occasionally true story, and they
0: do mean very occasionally. Very, very occasionally. Okay, so thank you all for joining us with our first episode ever of Sex Love Literature. Um, My name is Ayani Cooper, and I am going to be one of your hosts uh, for this adventure in podcasting. Um, To tell you a little bit about me, I am a PhD candidate at the University of Florida uh, in the English department. I study comics and animation. um, And my dissertation looks at monsters and desire. So part of the reason I wanted to do sex love literature is I have an interest in how desire like manifests in pop culture. Uh, Yeah. Oh, and I love cats. So there will be lots of conversation (laughs) about cats constantly all the time. Uh, Yeah. So Corinne, who
1: are you? I am also a PhD candidate at the University of Florida in the English department. However, I specialize in children's and young adult literature, and my dissertation is on consent in young adult speculative fiction. Uh, But since I'm thinking about consent for my dissertation, I then am thinking about consent and sex and power and gender in everything that I watch or read. All the time, uh, constantly. All of, all of the time, constantly. Uh, I also am happy to talk about cats, but I am allergic to them, so <laughs> my contributions are generally not very
0: helpful. <laughs> no, no, I appreciate it. Anyone that'll listen to talk, listen to me talk about cats for a long period of time is always, always welcome. Um, so, yeah, I guess we should tell the folks a little bit about what sex love literature is, and then we can launch into our conversation of the only occasionally true the great. Um, so yeah, sex, love, literature. How would you describe what we're doing with this podcast? Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I, I think the reason we wanted to talk specifically about sex and love in literature, uh, thinking about literature defined very broadly, is mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. a lot of the time you can see how Like, you can see how a lot of larger themes, like power, like gender relations, uh, like characterization, like a lot Mm. of those things can be sort of distilled and like sort of almost crystallized when you think specifically about sex and love uh, and lust and everything to do with that in pop culture. It's also interesting to think about the way sex is viewed and portrayed in different mediums depending on who the intended audience is uh, so oh, absolutely. like for example since I study children's literature you might think that it's always very vanilla and that's not mm. necessarily
0: true <laughs> no yeah that's excellent I mean I know for me um one of the things I think about a lot is how sex lust romance is actually depicted like what are we looking at what are we as viewers as audiences focusing on um when we're watching these kinds of romantic scenes what kind of feelings are they supposed to be evoking in us um so yeah i was kind of laughing when we were thinking about doing this podcast like wow we are such sex nerds it's like we want to talk about sex but (laughs) like (laughs) but we have to make it nerdy and academic apparently um but yeah, no, I think that sums it up excellently. So what we're going to be doing over the course of our episodes, um, if we don't get sick of doing this after one episode, um, <laughs> is looking at a different pop culture, different, I mean, not to be snooty, but lowercase L literature. Mm-hmm. Um, we we don't play the high culture, low culture game. That's not our bag here. Um, but really think about how sex, love, lust, romance is depicted um, across mediums, across genres. Um, And of course, we'll probably fangirl a little bit, maybe a lot of bit, because we're Mm -hmm. watching things that we (laughs) like. (laughs) You know, there might be some episodes where it's like, oh, we hate this and we're going to tell you why. But that's not where we're starting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, we are going to start with the great as corinne said a mini series that's i guess debuted 2020 may may 2020 mid pandemic (laughs) mid pandemic oh goodness um (laughs) now you've got me thinking about everything that's happening ah it's okay um but yeah so mid pandemic it was a great pandemic watch um 10 episodes uh they all i think debuted at the same time all released at the same time so Mm uh made for binging as it were um and the series is starring Elle fanning as Catherine the great uh and nicholas holt as peter the third of russia uh so this was a show that Corinne put me on to. Um, so for our glorious first episode, I figured let her have the reins <laughs> um, to kind of get us started on this conversation about the great.
1: Ah, uh, so I think a good place to start actually would be uh, thinking about Catherine's relationship to sex Ooh. and how it how it how it's almost used in the opening episode so it's useful to think about Catherine's relationship to sex, both as the show begins and as it ends and Mm. how it's used almost as like a gauge on her maturity and how ready she is to actually like rule Russia. So like the way we're introduced to her, she has this super naive romantic view of (laughs) Peter, of sex, of being the Empress of Russia. And Mm -hmm. like, so one of the, I think, almost like definitive moments of like early Catherine is this long monologue that she has about what sex is like.
0: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So one of my favorite things about that monologue um, was at the end when you weep occasionally with ecstatic joy. (laughs) And then she squeaks when she says, and then you fall asleep in each other's arms. Yep. Was- <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Continue. You were making a great analysis. And then I just burst out laughing in the middle. Well, I mean,
1: that's like a definitive moment for like audiences to know. Like
0: Catherine is about to be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is very true. And then um, Muriel or not Muriel, excuse me. Mariel um, acts as a foil in that sequence. Uh, mm-hmm. Mariel almost is almost even an audience surrogate in that particular yeah. moment. No, that's an excellent point. Because um, she tries to set Catherine up uh, saying, you know, do you know what's about to happen? And Catherine's all, I'm not as naive as you think, my dear. And then is just as naive as <laughs>
1: Well, she she's just as naive, but almost naive in a different way. Like, not that she Mm. doesn't know what sex is at all, which like you maybe you maybe could have thought about with like Archie checking her virginity. Uh. But like, instead, she has this overly romantic, Mm. like like she has the facts, but she's put this like veneer on them that almost makes them not
0: factual anymore. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost like um not to look down on romance novels at all um but almost like a, a sheen of romance right oh my god oh. so it well that's totally true but
1: like the way she uses metaphors to talk about sex that like when you know it mm. she's talking about like you know she means like orgasm and penetration mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all the like clinical terms but like the way she uses the metaphors like like you look up into a Starry sky with the brightest <laughs> stars Or whatever And then it, you gently drift back down <laughs> Well like it reminds me Of the way sex can be described in YA
0: Oh Where it's
1: They're not they're, they're It's so flat Like particularly in some books by Cassandra Clare I'm thinking of Where like mm. The way she describes it is so flowery That like It's not really clear whether they actually
0: had sex or not <laughs> That's that's really interesting to think about. It's um, especially in conversation with this kind of opening sequence, because on one hand, Catherine gives us this very kind of ethereal monologue about, you know, the 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 sky and the birds and the trees and all of the wonder that is sex, and then the next thing we know, Peter comes in, and it's a, kind of a cruel grounding. You well, know, it's almost like. I don't even know that. So Peter's
1: obviously a sociopath. He's totally. Well, I wouldn't even say he's devoid of feeling, but he he's so centered on his own feelings that he doesn't care mm. about other feelings. Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. even cruel so much as it is just like cursory. Mm.
0: What do you mean by that? Like it's his
1: job to make an error uh, with Catherine. So. Okay.
0: So that's so, what he's going to so go they, ahead and do.
1: So they consu- so he consummates their marriage and doesn't even like really interrupt his conversation with Grigor
0: about the ducks. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So not to transition away from this too quickly, but that makes me think of how in so many of these sex scenes in The Great, uh, people are watching. There's a lot of there's no privacy. Yeah, there's a lot of There's not locks incidental- on doors. Nope, there's Oh no. <laughs> uh, Yeah, and there's a lot of people who don't necessarily want to be there watching, standing by and watching because they're not sure if they should leave or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of accidental, incidental voyeurism that happens throughout the Great. Uh, also, as a note, I know we mentioned that this was... Uh, as it says on the title card, hash or not hashtag uh, asterisk An occasionally true story. But if you mm. are curious about the history of Catherine the Great, this is not a good show to watch. No, <laughs> uh, definitely go go um, read an article online, or you know, check out a book or something like that. Um, so sorry, I was just thinking about the fact that Grigor is watching. Uh, was watching them having sex and and train of thoughts, connections. There's also, I think, the question of, like, watching versus listening.
1: Mm. Um, In what way? Well, because, like, Gregor isn't watching. He's, like, behind the – he's, like, behind a door or, like, on the other side of a door. So he Mm, could have a line of sight, but he's, like, looking the other direction. And, like, Mm. it's not – I don't know. Like, then there's – Yeah, I'm not sure where I'm
0: going with that. (laughs) No, that's okay. Um, Yeah, it's, it's almost like he's trying to give them a monicum of privacy by turning away. Or perhaps he is understanding of the fact that it's a weird situation, but he has to act like it's completely normal because of his relationship with Peter. This might actually be a good moment to then think about Grigor's relationship
1: with Peter and mm-hmm. Peter's relationship with Grigor's wife. Uh, George. George.
0: <laughs> Oof. Oof. Okay. <laughs> we are like zipping through things, by the way. It's like, there's so much to talk about with this. that, like, but what about this? Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. But okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So was there anything in particular about Grigor's relationship with Peter that jumped out at you? So I think one of the things to first think about is the way
1: that, Viewers are introduced mm. to, P- to Peter, George, and Grigor's weird love triangle. Is like yeah. through Catherine in her romantic naivete, trying <laughs> to love Peter and make Peter love her, like showing up in Peter's bedroom to try and like mm. seduce him,
0: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
1: finding George already in his bed. But also, Grigor is in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> he's in a chair, right? Yeah, he's facing in a chair in the direction. facing the other way. Mm-hmm.
0: There's, mm-hmm.
1: there's almost like a – there's a pattern here of Grigor, like, knowing Peter, like, sucks, but looking the other way.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. There's a lot of sequences, now that you mentioned that, where he's kind of facing away from Peter's gaze um, and not – Trying to almost disassociate from what's happening in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of explains some of what happens a little later in the narrative itself. Mm-hmm. Um it, funny, it actually that actually has me thinking, and I wonder if we're zooming through things too fast, but it's fine. Um, about the role of the audience and kind of the fact that we're voyeurs almost in watching mm-hmm. this. Um I I talked to you about this before, but in a way, I was kind of thinking about uh, the great almost like a sex farce in a way, right? We're watching Mm -hmm. all of these different people move through different bedrooms, right? And having different relationships sometimes with each other, sometimes with people who only appear for an episode and then disappear, you know? Um, But we're watching it all. Um, There was actually a sequence I was rewatching in which my spouse called from upstairs and was like, are you watching And I was like, I wouldn't, not on the big TV, no. (laughs) (laughs) So there's this kind of uh, interesting dynamic of like us as viewers watching all of these different kinds of sexual liaisons that are happening. Well,
1: there's a really interesting behind the scenes picture that I saw of when like one of the many times where where, where Peter and Catherine are having sex, um, Mm. but not. But like in the in the way where like Peter is standing on the edge of the bed, Catherine is like on her back with her legs up. Yeah. But like in this behind the scene picture, like Catherine, uh, like Fanning is holding the camera. Oh. So like we see Peter from her perspective, like standing over her. Um. So like we're both voyeurs, but we're also in a way
0: Catherine. Mmm. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, though thinking about camera work, um, something I was thinking on is how those scenes with Peter are shot um, with Catherine, with her legs Mm -hmm. up and Peter on the edge of the bed, versus how the love sequences are between Catherine and her lover Leo, Mm -hmm. um, which we should talk about in more detail. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> we're just so excited. <laughs> um, well, I mean, do you want to talk about Leo in a little bit more detail since we're oh, here? So, it,
1: yeah, for those of you who maybe haven't watched The Great yet, although wow,
0: wow. <laughs> spoilers <laughs> abound. Yeah, uh, right. We're we're a little late. We'll do better with the spoiler alerts next uh, time. <laughs>
1: Leo is Catherine. Leo is the lover that Peter gives to Catherine and Leo is sterile. Um Which is important for the succession. But also, like, Peter is not... In the beginning, before he starts to think of Catherine as a person who he cares about. Mm. um, But also the way that when Peter cares about something, he wants to own it. Um, But before Mm. before Catherine is something he wants to be his, um, he gives her a lover named Leo, uh, who Catherine is initially very, very skeptical of, um, but who she decides to have sex with pretty quickly <laughs> but yeah thinking about the way that their are so yeah thinking about the way their scenes are
0: shot versus the way that Catherine and peter scenes are shot go ahead mm-hmm. oh no i was just the the first time they have sex if i recall correctly there's a lot of camera movement um and a lot of Looking at the two of them together in the shot rather than just focusing on Catherine or focusing on Leo specifically. Well, um, and they're both,
1: they're also both like active participants. Mm, whereas, like mm-hmm, with Peter mm-hmm. and Catherine, it's like Peter is doing something to
0: Catherine and she is right enduring. Right. <laughs> enduring is a great word for what's happening there. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. I was just so since since we already got the spoiler banner out of the way, right? Um, in episode two, when Catherine decides that she is going to grin and bear it, right? Literally grin and bear it. Um <laughs> also a bad pun on bear for russia oh, but well we can just bypass that we'll just go and, that. and for bearing An air oh oh i'm terrible i'm fired from the podcast <laughs> this is episode 1 you need to find a new a new co-host cuz i'm i'm terrible um but yes yeah, so i'm not mm. oh, so while she grins and bears it but um there's a sequence where she and peter have i don't even want to call it having sex intercourse but- Intercourse. They're intercoursing, which is not a word, <laughs> but I say it's a word. They are intercoursing, and she has this kind of plastered-on, almost uncanny grin mm-hmm. <laughs> where she looks up at him that is disquieting, perhaps, to mm-hmm. say
1: the least. What um, if it
0: freaks Peter out? <laughs> yeah, he does show uh, – d- what exactly is it that he does? Doesn't he like just say, oh, all right, well, indeed, huzzah, and leaves or something. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's definitely unnerved in that circumstance, in mm-hmm. that moment. Um, but it, it, if we're thinking about active participants, right, and thinking about the different ways perhaps Catherine is depicted when she's having these kinds of mm-hmm. liaisons. Well, and um, then
1: active participants also, I think, correlates to like who has power who has agency mm. who is pretending mm. to
0: have power or has power through mm. who they have mm. sex with but yeah. go on <laughs> no 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 you just did a an eyebrow raised thing so i want to know if there was something particular you oh, were I've, thinking
1: about i was thinking about george and how georgie gets power through sleeping with peter mm. and yeah particularly how like in the second episode um after Ka- when Catherine is like still I mean part part of it is when Peter thinks about having Catherine killed part mm-hmm. of it is because she makes him feel so unsettled and she's so unhappy but like one of the things she does is be like oh well like you're not Peter the Great though like while mm-hmm. they're having sex or while they're having intercourse <laughs> and then <laughs> Peter immediately like goes and has sex with Georgie In public, like, just on the other side of, like, a door Mm -hmm. while there's, like, a party going on. like And they have sex, like, very loudly. And, like, George having, like, a really loud orgasm or pretending Mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. I think it was pretend, but that's just me. Well, but it reestablishes Peter's sort of, like, confidence in his masculinity. But then it's also Mm. interesting that part of his view of himself is dependent upon being able to... To give women pleasure Hmm. And to be good at sex
0: Yeah, 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 yeah Um, And that comes up multiple times Mm -hmm. um, The different women that he's slept with And, you know That they keep coming back for it When they're in court Or they return to town Or what have you Well, and
1: that like He thinks that part of the reason He's a popular leader Is because Is it because he says Because of his gigantic cock?
0: (laughs) I'll (laughs) believe you If you remember that quote Better than I do well, because he's like, he's like, yeah, I
1: turned court into like an endless buffet and women love me because of my giant
0: cock. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're right. There is this kind of um, priding himself on his ability to have sex and to provide pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, providing pleasure, I think, is or you know what? I'm going to throw quotes around that. So scare quotes around providing pleasure. But mm-hmm. this is something that... Th- this characterization of Peter strives to do. Um, He wants people to love him and he wants people to love him because life is a party, Um, which is why some of the later episodes go so poorly Mm -hmm. for him, you know? Um, Yeah, so I think that's a really brilliant deduction. And that, well, that's also
1: useful, I think, for thinking about love and, like, Peter Mm. loves being loved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if people don't love him... He doesn't know who he is as a person mm. or as an emperor.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's gonna make me want to jump all the way to the last episode. <laughs> um Yeah. Oh my god. That last just can we take a moment to appreciate
1: Al Fanning and Nicholas Holt's tour de force of acting in their last scene together?
0: So we can take more than a moment if you want <laughs> Because I will say One of the things that I really liked about the show Is how well acted it was mm-hmm. um, They really found a great Cast of people to put together Who play off of each mm-hmm. other Very, very well um, Also, in doing my little bit of Wikipedia ing, which is also not a word But we're going to rock with it Doing my little bit of Wikipedia-ing before we jumped on uh, They've acted together before Actually uh, Oh yeah, They were in a film together uh that the name of which i do not recall right now because wikipedia is not open in front of me um but that kind of i wonder if they had kind of a familiarity with each other and how they act before Mm -hmm. coming into working on the great um because they definitely played off of each other very 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 well um but i think the cast on whole was pretty fantastic Mm -hmm, Um, absolutely you know especially since there were so many I don't want to say subtle character arcs because I feel like that's doing too much. But the way a lot of the characters evolved and changed from our first meeting mm-hmm. with them in episode one to where we leave them off in episode 10. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't think that I would
1: describe any of the characters as static or like yeah. the main ones. Like maybe like Lady Svenska because like who cares about Lady Svenska? <laughs> but <laughs> Catherine did. That's true. <laughs> well, well, even Lady
0: Svenska evolved in like how she thought about Catherine. That is true. Mm-hmm. Even as a side character, um, I think the only character that perhaps we learned more about under the surface, but not necessarily evolved from me, was Archie, the Archbishop. That's... He kind of held pretty steady, and we learned more about him mm-hmm. as a character. But I don't; he doesn't feel super different from episode one to episode 10 for me
1: yeah it's more like we were uncovering layers for him more than yeah more than that he
0: was like gaining new layers yeah 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 which i mean is worthwhile but Mm -hmm. a worthy distinction um but anyhow back to episode 10 and their last interaction with each other Uh, oh my goodness (laughs) so good so good so good ah um but One of the things that stood out to me in that sequence was Peter asking, why don't you love me? Right. Mm -hmm. This woman literally tried to stab him to death and is trying to take over his kingdom. And it's not, why are you doing this? It's not, you know, um, how dare you? I'm angry. Right. It's why don't you love me? So this kind of need to be loved and loved by those things, those people that, he wants to, as you were saying, own and have, mm-hmm. um, you know, which which felt very telling to me in that sequence.
1: Well, and I think also the thing that sort of blows my mind about how smart this show is, is that Catherine's response is like, I do, in a way. In a way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think she does. In a way, like, she has, like, and, like, she, a lot of her relationship with Peter is very, uh, I mean, it's very, very performative. Like, performing mm-hmm. what she thinks Peter will like
0: mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. with her mm-hmm. as
1: Empress when she's trying mm-hmm. to, like, get him to, like, art and get him to, like, science. And <laughs> also the moment when he, like, goes down, like, before he goes down on her and he's like, oh, like, I have a gift for you, too. And then he's like, lift up your skirts. And she's like, oh that gift
0: yes okay <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay
1: all right but like she has i think come to love and appreciate some things about peter and one of one of the things that so i watched this show i went back and rewatched it uh before we recorded this and watching peter start to legitimately love Catherine in mm. whatever like fucked up way peter can actually love things is so fascinating and like as a viewer i almost get I think partly because Nicholas Holt is just so like lovable.
0: It's I mean, he he is definitely your type. He fits in that <laughs> box. I would think it was funny. I was looking at pictures of him the other day, and I was like, "Yeah, Corinne would like this." Yeah. <laughs> well, he's he's so he's just so confident, and even when
1: he's cruel. It's more like, oh, well, like I'm the emperor, I can do this. It's not that like he's hurting people specifically to hurt people. It's just because mm. it's like casual cruelty. Like, like it's Which, not masochistic. Maybe is what I'm trying to um, say. Is it? I mean, I, I mean, feel free to prove me wrong. <laughs> no, no.
0: <laughs> I'm it's, just. I thinking. mean, like,
1: always selfish.
0: Yeah. But I guess the question becomes: Is he getting pleasure out of the cruelty? And at times, I think he is. I think it's depending on who he's being cruel to. Yeah, and that's the outcome of that cruelty, right? Because so when he does the whole torture thing, which was a lot, I closed my eyes a lot that episode. Didn't want to watch people's that's, fingernails that's get taken out. That's an episode that really, really grew on me. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe you, <laughs> but also now I'm wondering about you a little bit in which the torture <laughs> episode grew on you. Um, but so, for example, when he plucked the eyes out of the heads, Ugh. I think that was what, like, episode two, maybe? Yeah. Um, there was a glee in that kind of cruelty. Oh, it's almost, right? it was almost playful, which to me seems masochistic, That's right? That's true. If there's this kind of playful delight in the fact that he's taking eyeballs out of dead heads, I mean, you know, that's a lot. It was a jape. (laughs) It was just a jape. It was just a jape. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, But also, like,
1: I mean, it was gross and, like, very graphic. But also, like, they were already dead.
0: Are you trying to are you a Peter apologist right now? Yes. On this I very am, first I
1: podcast of ours. I am a Peter apologist. He's just so How interesting.
0: Dare. How dare? No, I and I agree. I do think the characterization is very very interesting if not completely made up. But very very <laughs> interesting.
1: Well, um, I think maybe then so what's something I think it's important to also think about um we talked about the show briefly with uh, Doctor Ulanovich, uh, who's on both of our committees, and something she she's my was- advisor she- and she, <laughs> she- she's like uh, one of my committee members. Um, <laughs> we love her, but one of the things she was concerned about when she was only two episodes in was the way that this show depicts a Western idea of Eastern Europe as like fucking bonkers,
0: mm. mm-hmm. which is totally worth. Um- thinking about and paying attention to, um, especially since uh, I know this is something that you think about often too in your work and your research is depictions of um, Eastern Europe mm-hmm. uh, and how these different kind of depictions play against each other or how they play mm-hmm. into specific kinds of stereotypes. Um, and that's definitely worth thinking about what are, because the Great is what is the Great an American show or is the Great a Canadian show? Uh,
1: I think The Great is an American show. Uh, yeah, it's American. Almost entirely, not not completely, but a v- fairly British cast. Um, okay. Which then, so, so something that I was thinking about because Tony Mcnamara, who wrote the script and was like a producer, who's like did a lot of the like creating work for this sh- for the mm, show, mm. Um, which mm-hmm. I think it should also be noted uh, was based on a play. Um, oh, that he wrote. Um, and teaching me things. But like this season is basically the first half of the play, ah, and it ends at like intermission. Okay. Um, but Tony McNamara also did the favorite, and I haven't seen the favorite, and I clearly mm. need to. Um, and Nicholas Holt <laughs> is also in the favorite. Yeah. But the favorite is parodying, I think, a British, a specifically British, like period kind of piece. Mm. and there are so many british period pieces with like jane austen movies mm-hmm, dickens mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like your stereotypical bbc miniseries like right. that that it is specifically parodying so like when it's crazy like it has mm-hmm. this other this whole other body of work to balance it mm. where and like the great which from what i've heard has a very very similar tone to the favorite doesn't have an equally serious body of work that takes Eastern Europe seriously to help balance the satire and like the farcical nature of right. it, right?
0: From a Western perspective, yeah, I guess is important to note because from, I mean- from an
1: American, specifically, I think perspective, mm-hmm.
0: no, that's that's a really good point and something that I guess I'd have to do some digging on. Cause even if we think about recent television, we have like the Americans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is serious but then is a spy drama. It's not the same kind of a thing. Well, and um, it's a very it still has like the Soviet Unionists, the bad guys. But right, th- I mean that's right. also doing complicated things with like who's you're, who you're supposed to side with, but Right, right. And who you're supposed to be paying attention to. I also haven't watched that, so I shouldn't really talk about it <laughs> because I'm a little bit obsessed with it. the Americans too. So Oh, well, there we go. Maybe we'll end up talking about the Americans at some point. <laughs> Although down we, the line. we
1: should, the way that they think about sex is so interesting. Like, because they're spies and they, like, he's honey traps.
0: Uh-huh. So, one interesting <laughs> fact about Corinne is that in a past life, she was a spy. Yes, this is uh, true. This is, this is canon. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anything having to do with spies, Corinne is all about it. Um, oh, where where were we going with this? I mean, we just we're, got bringing it back to the great. Um, okay. I think,
1: like with the way that, so it's 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 satire. Uh, like we don't know. I think it's important that like it it's not taking Catherine's Catherine the Great's historical reality seriously right, right which I think lands differently hmm it land and it lands differently if you do or do not already know about and respect Catherine as a right. significant historical figure
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm- no that's very true that's very true um and I, I, this is something that you and I have talked about previously but thinking about how historical figures um and this I hope this doesn't sound stupid but they're complex right um mm-hmm just because someone has done some great things doesn't mean they also haven't done some terrible things. Yeah. Um, and because this is a comedy, because it is, I think, farcical, um, there is not necessarily a focus so much on the negative aspects of Catherine's reign, which I know I've seen some critiques of, right, that this is very much mm-hmm. like a Catherine is bringing in the smarts she's bringing in the arts and the sciences and she loves well, leo that's but... definitely true but i also think
1: the show has a kind of nuanced view of this version of Catherine. i think there mm. is a nuance like Catherine isn't unequivocally good like when yeah. she brings mm-hmm. macarons to the front it is it, it's ridiculous to see right. her. And she realizes that it's ridiculous, but mm-hmm. it's, she doesn't really change much after that. Mm, and, like, yeah. she becomes... She does become less naive. She, comes, she becomes a little bit more jaded. But even when she decides to, like, finally overthrow Peter, she's like, mm-hmm. it's my birthday, and I want Russia for my birthday, so right, we're doing right, this. Right. So she's still selfish and so something that glenn weldon said on nbr's pop culture happy hour is that it's not it's not that or not just that Catherine wants to do good it's that she wants Mm -hmm. to be
0: seen doing doing good good. yeah um and she's definitely got a little bit of a savior complex going on Mm -hmm. too you know she's the one that's going to save russia Mm -hmm. um and it is her destiny and her right as you were saying and her birthright etc etc um, which like she's not even Like Peter's right She's not even fucking Russian <laughs> I mean she's not She's not But in her heart Her heart is Russian Doesn't she say that At some oh, point Oh she says it Many times Yeah I mean even in her Her kind of opening Early monologue She talks about a dream Where she was embraced By a bear um, And she knew that It would be her great love um, in Which of course, is emblematic mm-hmm. throughout the series for Russia. Russia is the bear, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's not a perfect character, um, but also very, very interesting. Well, and that kind of thinking about
1: Catherine's love for Russia. So the way that Catherine wants to be Empress is she wants to love Russia, and she wants that to be her great love. Peter mm. wants Russia to love
0: him. mm. So we we kind of have Russia here as almost I mean you know the city the the country as character right we have mm-hmm. Russia here that is the nexus for the love of these two different leaders. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's funny. Uh, it's almost like we couldn't have picked a better show to talk about at first mm-hmm. because love is what unites and brings apart all of these characters throughout the series. Uh, so thinking about. Again, going back to that very tumultuous final episode when uh Catherine is kissing Leo goodbye, right? Oh um, my heart <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had I had a lot of feelings. Um he says that his destiny was her, loving her, but that mm-hmm. her destiny was loving Russia. So there's even this thought about the uh Incompatibilities of love almost Or unrequited loves It's the difficulties
1: of balancing the personal And the political when you're in a position Mm. of power
0: Mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Yeah that sounds a lot like mm, Not to talk about your research for you right But (laughs) in in a lot of the fantasy novels you write about You're thinking about these people who are in positions of power And how they Mm -hmm. navigate relationships Both with people who are more powerful than them and then also people who are uh i guess less powerful just to well, use the same phrase and maybe building
1: and on that it is only when Catherine starts to become more
0: powerful that that she becomes attractive to peter mm. oh interesting is there where would you pinpoint that so
1: i definitely a moment where peter sort of Flip like an obvious moment when he flips is mm. after uh, Grigori's assassination attempt. Um, <laughs> sorry, he's like very poorly thought out assassination attempt. I mean, sometimes
0: you just gotta like put paint in your friend's borscht, like you know, that's so normal, up. right? That's normal, <laughs> man. Uh, side note
1: so I lived in Poland for a year, and the pretend name of my book if I ever were to write about living in Poland would be Instant Borscht.
0: Is that a thing? Yes. Oh, we're, we're going to have to talk about that <laughs> time.
1: But like that it's specifically that he poisoned the borscht.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and poor Louis, like the, the chef. Yeah, poor chef Louis. Uh, the food was never the same after that. But, but the
1: way that Peter flips to like wanting his life to have more meaning besides like a big party and lots of sex. Right. Mm. He, like, is, I think, open to influences, and Catherine is well-positioned, because, especially because, oh, God, we have to talk about Anne Elizabeth and her, like, oh. pushing Peter to have a – to produce an heir. But, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But Catherine is well-positioned when Peter is looking for new inspiration to mm. give him that inspiration. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and when she keeps giving him th- these ideas that, like, start to work out, and then, like, Don't always work out the way that Peter thought they would because they Mm. reveal how much he is, in fact, not as loved as he had hoped. Um, Mm -hmm. But he starts to listen to her as someone who
0: has something to say. Right, right. Not just the woman that he needs to produce an heir with. Yeah. So not to cut off... Um, your Peter discussion, but you mentioned Aunt Elizabeth, and we have not had a chance to talk about her. She's um, my favorite and- character. I don't know how she <laughs> hasn't come up yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't because there's just so much in the Great. There's so much. Mm-hmm. Um, she trains butterflies. Badly. Amazing.
1: But- and doesn't she like, eat
0: one once? That uh, that was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> but like like but yeah, just no.
1: this this image of like Aunt Elizabeth float like floating around in a cloud of butterflies is like amazing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I kind of want that for myself. I wish I could float around in a cloud of butterflies. That be that be awesome actually. Uh next life. Mm-hmm. Next life I want a cloud of butterflies. Put that out there. Um but something actually that jumped out at me about Aunt Elizabeth um besides her butterflies and her <laughs> fantastically coiffed hair. Um, so we we skirted around this, but the conilingus sequence. Oh God, why am I using the technical term? Conilingus is because we're sex nerds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when Peter goes down on Catherine in episode seven, um, he learned that move from Aunt Elizabeth. Um, and I think there's an interesting kind of conversation to be had about the kind of sexual energy that Aunt Elizabeth brings into the narrative mm-hmm. and how she's kind of touching all of the main cast. Uh-huh, touching another bad pun. Um but she's really touching <laughs> all of the main cast um with both her sexual knowledge and, you know, her opinions, her advice about sex and relationships. Mm-hmm. Um well, you know, and th- the way that she so
1: like as Peter's aunt she can control Peter more effectively when she chooses to than anyone mm. else in the mm, whole court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. by like imitating his mother, by like telling him stories about his parents, by like being like Catherine's unhappy. Like you got it, you got to do something about it, buddy. Right, you got to fix that. Mm-hmm. Like she's mm-hmm. really, really influential, but like in a way that like Peter accepts. Yeah. Mhm, mhm. No, <laughs> I thought there was more to that sense. I did too. Um I'm just trying to <laughs> decide where to go from that. But like this so at the same time she's this voice of reason and sort of like has a steady hand and is steadying to Peter. Mm-hmm. But at yeah. the same time she is like a force of chaos. Like she'll sleep with anyone. I mean not just anyone, but like she does want some sort of I think she cares she cares more about like consent Elizabeth. than like Peter does. Right is she like she'll sleep with women so we were also something that we had mentioned not in this podcast but talked about about something that's interesting about this show is that elizabeth is one of is like the only openly queer character mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that we see because like we see her sleeping with women we see her so we see her sleeping with men we see her masturbating to a statue of peter's oh, father i
0: forgot that happened oh boy
1: yeah and, like, she's, like, she's truly wild when it comes to her sex life, but at the same time, like, like she knows how to channel her wildness. Mm. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Like, she knows where to, put. like, because Peter, I think, it, like, I think it could be argued that Elizabeth is just as wild as Peter, hmm.
0: but Elizabeth knows where to keep it in a way that doesn't.
1: Hurt people
0: oh uh, yeah okay I think that makes a big difference is that It doesn't Elizabeth does not Have the same pension for Harm or As I would argue the same enjoyment Of harm um, That Mm -hmm. Peter does Um, And she legitimately wants Catherine to be happy yeah 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 She and
1: Catherine are legitimately friends yeah they get along
0: with Each other Um, So one thing actually that I've been Rolling around in my brain Also, side note: Elizabeth, Elizabeth would have slept. Oh, absolutely, Catherine had said yes. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, in that moment where she's like, "I could make you come right now," and then there's like the dramatic pause, and she's like, "Well, do you want me to?" Shall I? (laughs) It's like, no, no, that's okay, that's all right. But I appreciate the advice. Um, But, but something actually in that sequence. So uh, after after Catherine has her explosive orgasm in front of two guards, right? Going back to the voyeurism, accidental voyeurism. (laughs) Uh, She has the explosive orgasm. She goes to Aunt Elizabeth for advice and for grounding. Um, And Mm -hmm. Elizabeth does mention that she learned this magical tongue trick (laughs) from her tutor at 14,
1: Um, And that she has, like, a love for the number 33. Yeah, so... Like, how? 33 what? (laughs) Girl, you know what?
0: Why are you being coy? (laughs) Um, But that's, like, a lot, man. Hey, Elizabeth, out here, living her best life. But I guess the question that arose in my mind is thinking about power, right? If we're thinking about the relationship between sex and power throughout the course of the Mm -hmm. great, we have... Elizabeth, who kind of has these off stories about weird sexual power relationships that I don't know Mm -hmm. if they're – I guess what I'm trying to figure out is if they're supposed to be – if we're supposed to laugh at them and be like, oh, ha, 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 Elizabeth, you've lived a crazy life. Or if they're supposed to make us pause and think about, I don't know, how she got to this point in her life where she is because – I mean she slept with Peter's father, right? Um when she was 17. When she was 17. When Peter was in when the room. Peter real. in the room which she didn't remember. Again, the voyeurism it's back. <laughs> um we have this with her tutor when she was 14, right? So there's these weird kind of I don't know moments with people that have power over her. Um In which Mm -hmm. she's recalling the narratives positively, but I'm not 100% convinced that we're supposed to be reading them as unequivocally positive. Um, which I don't know. And this isn't a question that I have the capacity to answer right now on this podcast, but you know, with Mm -hmm. her, I mean, we do have the mention of Archie, perhaps. Um, being queer right even though now as archbishop Mm -hmm. he doesn't do anything of the anything anymore right um (laughs) except get off on being tortured um (laughs) but with elizabeth you know as kind of our only active queer character i don't know if that's a phrase right Mm -hmm. to also have her in these kind of troubling circumstances with men that are in power i'm not quite sure how i'm supposed to come away from that Um, and it might be something worth Mm -hmm. unpacking in like, not right now, I guess, but in thinking about the great and thinking about the narrative, how she's handled. Well,
1: I think it's partially that the narrative doesn't want us to take these events that are happening at face value. Mm. They want, it wants us to think about like, when, when Georgie is sleeping with, peter how much is it because she wants to right. how much of it is because peter is good at sex which i mean i think is it a small part of it how much is it because that's her
0: only avenue to power yeah i mean honestly if we're thinking about about george i think it's all of those things um also a side note that actress is 39 and like she can still get it uh, excuse you <laughs> Just because you're in your twenties, like we don't shrivel up and die when we're in our thirties, <laughs> I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> no, she's like forty. Uh, so she's I, like, to be fair, I hope I am that fabulous once I get to forty.
1: I mean, like, well, because like the actors who play Peter and Grigor are like a full, a full ass decade younger than her, which doesn't happen in
0: Hollywood. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on, what is her real name? Charity Wakefield. Charity Wakefield. Oh yeah, look at her, 1980 Get it girl, but also I will fight you When this pandemic is over, don't you ever look down On women in their 30s, okay I'll beat you up um,
1: I was just saying, she's looking good No, I good. know, I know,
0: I know, no, but she is gorgeous Like, everybody in that cast is gorgeous
1: But so like So like, if you think of George, but then also think of Like Well, like, how will George look Or like, what were, what will her relationship To power be like in 20 or 30 years? Mm. Um, and then uh, obviously George isn't like on the throne or like in the royal family but Elizabeth like at 17 versus Elizabeth at however old she's supposed to be now like a, a, she's from like the previous generation mm. in a way okay but like a younger part of the previous generation so like she's like what like where will these characters be in the next season right like right right, right. and Elizabeth is almost like a preview of that. Like when you've had these this traumatic, almost lawless, chaotic upbringing that you have to like figure. figure like shes sort navigate. of found she's found her equilibrium, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she's like figured out how to be happy or where she can't be happy, at least be okay. Mm. Like like with like giving trying to give heart to the soldiers, right. but then like screaming into the forest. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, on the way mm -hmm. back, like, she's found what outlet she can. right, And what avenues to power she can wield effectively.
0: Yeah, you know, hearing you kind of talk in that way, Elizabeth almost feels like the most balanced character in the Mm -hmm. entire show. Um, Mm -hmm. Because thinking... It almost makes you agree with Archie that she should, be yeah, empress. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, because like Catherine's not no, ready. No, absolutely not. Catherine's not ready. But also, that would be a that was actually a fun nod to real history in which she was empress um, mm-hmm. and Peter's mother. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. She is one of the most even kill keeled characters even though she is kind of our delightful butterfly agent of chaos right um Mm -hmm. and she knows how to i guess find her peace as you said um but yeah george is also absolutely a fascinating character i felt i mean i felt a lot of things for all of these characters throughout the narrative but i felt particularly bad Mm -hmm. for her and grigor 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 grigor
1: Gregor, um, I don't know, man. I've said it. I think both ways <laughs> in the last twenty. Oh, well, there minutes, you go. So. Um, the
0: the the double G's. Um, their relationship is very complex and sad, you know. Um, in that, mm-hmm. I think they both have this love for Peter, but then they also both kind of detest him at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they talking about the three of them could take up a podcast all its own. Mm -hmm. um yeah 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 um is there anything else pressing
1: um i don't think that so there's nothing else i definitely want to break up or break up bring up (laughs) (laughs) whoops uh but i think maybe thinking about what sort of as like a concluding question like what is it about this show that it does with sex and love that we think makes it like unique. And like, why is it that we wanted to talk about it? That's a
0: very
1: first. That is a
0: great question. Um, Yeah. So I guess I'll jump on this first and then you can. Mm -hmm. So when you suggested watching the great, um, I wasn't quite sure how I was going to feel about it. Um, I don't watch too many historical dramas I mean I could stand to watch more I suppose because you know Mm -hmm. the favorite seems to be something that so many people love that maybe I can turn my attention towards it but um something that stood out to me about the great was how much it seemed to enjoy being told all right let me rephrase that like the people who were involved in this project really wanted to tell this story and they Mm -hmm. We're taking what they were doing seriously, but there's kind of a joy in how the narrative comes together. Mm-hmm. And I think the kind of strange dichotomies of sex, love, relationships, duty, how that all kind of is rolled together in looking at these characters is absolutely fascinating. Like actually that reminds me of something so Episode four, right, opens with a juxtaposition of two sex scenes, um, Mm -hmm. which I think for me encapsulates um, what's interesting about The Great. The first one we have is with Catherine and Leo, and it's passionate, and they're both in the sequence, and they're rolling all around and loving on each other, and the light is soft, and it's, like, got all these nice yellows, and everyone looks all beautiful, and then that's directly – they cut directly from that to – uh, Peter and George in bed and George is talking about her father being dead or when her father died and Peter's just looking at his thumb and he's like, doesn't my thumb look like a bear? It smells like you. So it's like this very dramatic juxtaposition of mm-hmm. I don't know, not i mean just of different kinds of sexual relationships one we're clearly supposed to be in favor of and the other one we're clearly supposed to have qualms about right um they're manipulating Mm -hmm. us in that way but i still think it was it's just really interesting to look at how these relationships unfold and how they develop um in in this weird kind of microcosm of the this this rendition of the russian court what about Mm -hmm. you
1: uh, so the thing that I found, A, the tone, I think, is just generally hilarious. <laughs> um, but I think the way that Catherine starts from a place of complete naivete and, like, romanticizing mm-hmm. sex to even, like, like her self-awareness that she gains over the course of the show, which I think does map pretty clearly on- onto her relationship with sex mm-hmm. and with love and with power. Mm-hmm. That Like, she starts from this... Like it would have been so easy at the beginning for Peter if he had cared about Catherine even a little bit to make her fall deeply in love Mm, with him mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and never even become a threat. But then that we see her learn what sex is, what romantic love is, but then also like what love for power is. Mm. And even though I still stand by what I said that Catherine is not like a purely good character no I agree. Like we're not supposed to see her that yeah. way but the te- the the text the show also I mean, does the text <laughs> like it doesn't condemn her at the end for choosing Russia over choosing Leo mm. and to see like a woman be able to like when she, like she's right when she tells Peter that she'd be better and she is better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's true. Um, in in this narrative yeah. So yeah 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 in this in this narrative <laughs> in the in the ver- in, this, in version, this version um but like seeing that arc from like not n- everything being theoretical to like ver to like a lived reality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to her and her to gain the experience and understanding to take power albeit in a still in a kind of naive way, but in a much more real way, mm. that like when she's walking through, like the halls of the court after she's called off the coup, and sees the way that people are looking at mm-hmm, her, mm-hmm. and then decides that okay, yeah, yeah, this, okay, is, yeah, this is the mo-, like I have to choose yeah. this, even though it will hurt me terribly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and results in Leo's death. Um, I think seeing the arc from how she gets from
0: where she was to where she is at the end is really, really compelling. Yeah. No, excellent. Well well said, my dear. Well said. Huzzah. Huzzah. (laughs) Huzzah. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think on that note, we can wrap up our first episode of sex love literature. Uh, I hope you had fun chatting with us Mm -hmm. or, I guess they didn't really chat with us. Listening to us chat and giggle, um, like the schoolgirls we are, I suppose. Um but if you have any thoughts or comments, feel free to find us
1: on Instagram or on Twitter. We'd love to continue talking about the great stuff. Yeah, more. and
0: you can find us on both of those platforms at Sex Love Lit, all one word. Um, but don't stop searching after sex love. There's things that come up. So <laughs> type it all in. Sex Love Lit <laughs> in Twitter or in Instagram. Um, it's been a delight. This was a lot of fun. I can't wait to do this again. Um indeed uh huzzah um (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah and we look forward to talking to you guys next time this has been sex love literature with two sex nerds